Chapter One of In the Footprints of the Padres by Charles Warren Stoddard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One: Old Days in El Dorado. Twelve: The Survivor's Story. It is not much of a story. It is only the mild adventure of a boy at sea and of a small sad boy at that this boy had an elder brother who was ill and the physician in consultation had decided that a long sea voyage was his only hope and that even in this case the hope was a very faint one there was a ship at anchor in the harbor of san francisco a very famous clipper one of those sailors of the sea known as ocean greyhounds she was built for speed and her record was a brilliant one under the guidance of her daring captain she had again and again proved herself worthy of her name she was called the flying cloud her cabins were luxuriously furnished for in those days seafarers were oftener blown about the world by the four winds of heaven than propelled by steam yet when the flying cloud one january day tripped anchor and set sail there were but three strangers on the quarter-deck a middle-aged gentleman in search of health, the invalid brother in his eighteenth year, and the small, sad boy. The captain's wife, a lady of Salem, who had followed him from sea to sea for many a year, was the joy and salvation of that forlorn little company. How forlorn it was, only the survivor knows, and he knows well enough. Forty years have scarcely dimmed the memory of it, through all the wear and tear of time the remembrance of that voyage has at intervals haunted him the length of it the weariness of it and the almost unbroken monotony stretching through the ninety-odd days that dawned and darkened between san francisco and new york the solitary sail that was blown on and on and becalmed and buffeted between the blue waste of waters and the blue waste of sky the lonesomeness of it all no land no lights flashing across the sea in glad assurance no passing ships to hail us with faint-voiced ahoy only the ever-tossing waves the trailing sea gardens the tireless birds of the air and the monsters of the deep ah well a day there was a solemn and hushed circle listening to family prayers that morning the morning of the fourth of january the father's voice trembled as he opened the bible and read from that beautiful psalm they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters these see the works of the lord and his wonders in the deep for he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof they mount up to the heaven they go down again to the depths their soul is melted because of trouble they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits end then they cry unto the lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distresses he maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still then are they glad because they are quiet so he bringeth them unto their desired haven oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men the small sad boy looked smaller and sadder than ever as he stood on the deck of the flying cloud and waved his last farewell he tried his best to be manly and to swallow the heart that was leaping in his throat and at the earliest possible moment he flew to his journal and made his first entry there 
he was going to keep a journal because his brother kept one and because it was the proper thing to keep a journal at sea no ship is complete without its log you know and moreover i think it was a custom in that family to keep a journal for it was more or less a journalistic family now we are nearing the anniversary of that boy's journal it runs through january february and march it is more than forty years old this minute and because it is a boy's journal and the boy was small and sad i'm going to peep into it and fish out a line or two with an effort he made this entry clipper ship flying cloud january fourth eighteen fifty seven i watched them till we were out of sight of them and then began to look about to see what i could see it begins to get rough i tried to see home but i could not the pilot says he will take a letter ashore for us now i will go to bed then he cried unto the lord in his trouble with a heart as heavy as lead january five the day rather rough with little squalls of rain we are passing the farallon islands but i feel too bad to sketch them i get homesick when i think of the dear ones i left behind me i hope i may see them all in this world again that was the grey beginning of a voyage that had very little colour in it the coastline sank apace the grey rocks the farallons the haunt of the crying gull dissolved in the grey mist the hours were all alike all dismal and slow-footed i don't feel very well to-day said the small sad boy quite plaintively on the sixth he brightens and begins to take notice history would have less to fasten on were there not some such entries as this a list of our livestock seventeen pigs twelve dozen hens and roosters three turkeys one gobbler a cockatoo and a wild cat we have a fair breeze and carry twenty-six sails january seven the day is calm i began to read uncle tom's cabin i like it the captain's wife was going to train the wildcat when it bit her but not very hard eight there was not much wind to-day we fished for seagulls and caught four i caught one and let it go again two hens flew overboard the sailors in a boat got one of them the gulls killed one nine the day has been rather gloomy i caught another seagull but let him go again on deck nearly all day ten the cockatoo sits on deck and talks and talks eleven it makes me feel bad when i think of home i want to be there the long long weary days dragged on it is thought worth while to note that there were fresh eggs for breakfast fresh pork for dinner fresh chicken for supper that a porpoise had been captured and that his carcass yielded three gallons of oil as good as sperm oil that no ship had been seen no sail from day to day that they were in the latitude of panama that it was squally or not squally as the case might be that on one occasion they captured four barrels of oil the flotsam of some ill-fated whaler and that it all proved very exciting that a dolphin was captured and that he died in splendour passing through the whole gamut of the rainbow that the words of tradition might be fulfilled that the hens had suffered no sea change but had contributed from a dozen to two dozen eggs per day still stretched the immeasurable waste of waters to the horizon line on every hand day by day the small boy made his entries but he seemed to be running down like a clock and needed winding up 
this is how his record dwindled january twenty the day is very pleasant with some wind we crossed the equator i sat up on one of the boats a long time i wish my little brothers were here to play with me twenty one the day is very pleasant with a good breeze we are going ten or eleven knots an hour twenty two the day is very pleasant a nine knot breeze nothing new happened today twenty three the day is pleasant six knot breeze it came to pass that the small sad boy wearying of uncle tom and his cabin was driven to extremes and having obtained leave of the captain who was autocrat of all his part of the world he climbed into one of the ship's boats as it hung in the davits over the side of the vessel it was an airy voyage he took there sailing between sea and sky soaring up and down with the rolling vessel like a bird upon the wing he rigged a tiny mast there it was a walking stick that ably served this purpose the captain's wife provided sails no larger than handkerchiefs with thread-like ropes and pencil spars he set his sails for dreamland one day the wind bothered him he could not trim his canvas and in desperation he set it dead against the wind and then the sails were filled almost to bursting but his navigation was at fault for he was heading in a direction quite opposite to the flying cloud then came a facetious sailor and whispered to him do you want ever to get to new york yes i do said the little captain of the mid-air craft well then you'd better haul in sail for you're set dead again us now the sails were struck on the instant and never unfurled again i wonder why some people are so inconsiderate when they speak to children especially to simple or sensitive children the small sad boy took it greatly to heart and was cast down because he feared that he might have delayed the bark that bore him all too slowly toward the far distant port this was indeed simplicity of the deepest dye and something of that simplicity the boy was never to escape unto the end of time we are as god made us and we must in all cases put up with ourselves what a lonely voyage was that across the vast and vacant sea now and then a distant sail glimmered upon the horizon but disappeared like a vanishing snowflake the equator was crossed the air grew colder storm and calm followed each other the daily entry now becomes monotonous february two today for the first time we saw an albatross seven rather rough and cold i have spent all day in the cabin it makes me homesick to have such weather fourteen i rose at five o'clock and went on deck and before long saw land it was terra del fuego it was a beautiful sight here lay a pretty island there a towering precipice and over yonder a mountain covered with snow we made the fatal cape horn at two o'clock and passed it at four o'clock now we are in the atlantic ocean washington's birthday rough weather a sixteen knot breeze today we got our one thousandth egg and the hens are doing well at twelve eight bells we saw a sail on our weather bow she was going the same way as we were at two we overtook and spoke her she was the whaler scotland from new zealand bound for new bedford with thirty five hundred barrels of oil we soon passed her i wish her good luck i will no longer stretch the small sad boy upon the rack of his dull journal 
he had a glimpse at juan fernandez but the island of his dreams was so far off that he had to climb to the maintop in order to get a sight of its shadowy outline when it had faded away like the clouds the lonely little fellow cried himself to sleep for love of his robinson crusoe one night the moon a large mellow tropical one rose from a bank of cloud so like a mountain's chain that the small one clapped his hands in glee and cried land ho but alas it was only cloud land and his eyes that were starving for a sight of god's green earth were again bedewed indeed he was bound for a distant shore a voyage of ninety-one days and during all that voyage he was in sight of land for five days only it may be said that the port he was bound for and where he was destined to pass two years at school four thousand miles from his own people may be called the vale of tears off the brazilian coast a headwind forced the ship to tack repeatedly she was sometimes so near the land that people could be seen moving like black dots along the shore native fishermen mounted upon the high seats of the catamarans the frailest crafts drifted within hailing distance and overnight the brave ship was within almost speaking distance of pernambuco the lights of the city were like a bed of glow-worms but the small sad boy was blown off into the sea again for his hour had not yet come here is the last entry i shall weary you with for i would not abuse your patience april five eighteen fifty seven i was awoke this morning by the noise the pilot made in getting on board at ten o'clock the steam-tug hercules took us in tow we had beautiful views of the shore god knows how beautiful they were in his eyes and at three o'clock we were at the astor house with captain and mrs creasy mr connor and the stoddard boys all of the flying cloud where we retired to soft beds to spend the night there is a plaintive touch in that reference to soft beds after three months in the straight and narrow bunk of a ship and there is more pathos in all those childish pages than you wot of for alas and alas i am the sole survivor i was that small sad boy and i alone am left to tell the tale end of part twelve